0: day. Amen. Woo. Okay, there's a few hands. Now, I, I, I was getting concerned, Brother Roderick. I heard one amen here, and then, then I saw one hand back there, and then a few others sprung up. Praise the Lord. You know, that's a good question. It's a good question to ask. Has your mind been on the Word? Have you been in the Word today? Amen. Have you meditated? That's what David said. He said, Brother Tobin, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen. You know, a praying they said, a praying man won't sin and a sinning man won't pray. Another fellow said, if you see a man with a Bible that's fallen apart, his life is together. And if his Bible's not falling apart, it means his life is. Come on. Some of those old sayings, but there's a lot of truth in that. Amen. Maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, Brother Jake, it's been the mundiest Wednesday of my life. I'll ask you, did you spend some time in the Word? Did you spend some time in prayer? Brother Jacob, is that the answer to everything? Well, I kind of think so. Amen. It'll set the course. Yes, it Amen. Brother Roderick, could don't erase my problems, but it'll set the course. Hallelujah. All standing who can as we read the Word of God out of respect for the Word tonight. Let's take a look here. I want to have you to turn with me to a couple of places in the book of Proverbs. First, I'm going to ask, if you will, to turn to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15, and we're going to read verse number 2, and then we're going to go three doors over to 18, and we're going to read, last Wednesday night, we talked about he that is wise, he walks with wise people, but he that is a companion of fools will see destruction and we were asking the question there were a couple there was a question that i asked and and really more of a rhetorical question because it's it's just a fact one way or another positive or negative but i'd said i'd ask the question uh, are you contagious and then but really it's more of a statement we are contagious in our relationships that we form and then we talked about connection, what connection is with the right people in our lives, and uh, what that looks like. And I can assure you that people that are connected to wise people are people that find themselves as a result of such connections, they are also further connected to Christ. How many of you know that God uses people in our lives to connect us to Him? Now, that is not our only means. Our main mean and source, brother Eli, is we have relationship with Christ. But my relationship with Christ is either going to be increased and or diminished by the company that I keep. Amen. And so we were looking upon those relationships, being around wise people, building our lives in that community Of wise people. Brother Roderick, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man's countenance sharpen another. Now, your countenance is not going to be sharpened hanging around dull people. Amen. And uh, foolish people. And people that uh, don't value the things of God or His Word. Amen. That is, uh, that is companionships full of bad advice, full of negative influence. And our lives, whether you like it or not, you might think, you might have had the opinion, been persuaded, well, I'm just out here. I'm an island to myself. No, you're not. I'm just out here. There's nobody watching me. I'm not connected to anybody, Brother Jake. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And we talked a little bit about this family right here. The family of God. And uh, so, anyway, <clears throat> as we discuss that tonight, we're going we're to cover here, in regards to the subject of wisdom, something that I believe is so important in regards to our relationships. And uh, really, this is, uh, I believe that this subject is a make or a break. And, uh, and if I can, there's, there, and the argument could be that there's several things we could talk about in this, and, and I believe that, uh, but uh, I don't know if there's anything more important in relationship than communication, our communication, our speech. And uh, we're going to take a look at what God's Word has to say about this tonight. Proverbs 15 and verse number 2. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible says, the tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. That makes sense, doesn't it? The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Let's go over to chapter 18. Chapter 18, there in the book of Proverbs, verse number 21. 18 and 21. Death and life. Boy, that's a powerful statement, isn't it? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So, in other words, whichever you choose, you choose life or you choose death, you're going to eat the fruit of it. You're going to reap the harvest of the seeds that are sown by way of our conversation. And so, tonight, how many of you would just say, Pastor, I want to walk in wisdom. I want to be wise. Amen. I want to be wise. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 5 and 17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Father, we pray tonight, let your word come alive. Anoint our hearts and our ears tonight. Father, I pray that you would speak to us, give us ears to hear And Lord, I pray a heart that applies your word. It is not enough to be a hearer of the word, but Lord, we've got to be a doer. We've got to practice your word. Apply the principles and practice it. And Lord, as a result, we are going to reap and we are going to receive of what we have applied and what we are learning. And Father, I pray that you would help us tonight in our desire and endeavor to walk in the wisdom of God. We thank you for it. Anoint my mind and lips, I pray. And we ask your help in Jesus' name. And the church would say, amen Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Our speech, the Word of God has much to say about our speech, about our conversation. Not only, and, and if I may, I'm going to concentrate tonight here on a few things specifically, may get to a couple of them, I'm not sure, because we could spend a lot of time here, and at the close of, towards the end of last week's message, we began to talk about in our connection with other people, and how we are contagious, what our uh, sphere of influence is, I highlighted here on the subject of the way that our speech, and and our attitude affects those around us. James asks the question, who can tame the tongue? Who can rule it as it is being the smallest member of the body, the Bible says, is the most unruly? All of us tonight know what, or should know what it is to know what uh, how we have felt, or maybe the price that we have paid when our words have gotten us in trouble, where we have paid the price over something we said, whether it be uh, uh, feelings of regret harm that was done to someone. Maybe how a situation was not bettered because of what we said. Maybe we found ourselves involved in conversation that was not edifying at all. But it was destructive and we wound up looking, seeing, handling, and dealing with the consequence of such destruction. The Word of God, as I said, has much to admonish the believer in regards to what we are saying. And so tonight, if I can, I want to talk a little bit about the content of our conversation. I want to talk about, if I can, the character of our conversation and then, if we can and if we have the opportunity, we're going, to, uh, we're going to talk about the consequence of conversation. And so, as we look at this, we come to find as to where the Word of God, our principal uh, text that we've been reading from, as to the challenge to us, as to how we should walk and uh, how we are to operate in wisdom, <laughs> and one of the characteristics of a man or a woman who will find themselves exercising godly wisdom, I do believe that one of the greatest telltale signs is going to be how our conversation is. If I may tonight, uh, I would like to present to you the challenge, or or maybe the thought, and just to plant this seed tonight. In your mind, is when we talk about our reputation. Our reputation is that, if you will, an invisible resume that goes out in front of us. It goes and it speaks on our behalf. Sometimes, long before we have ever met somebody, long before we have ever showed up, maybe before we showed up to the event, to the interview, to the to the service, to the to the the family gathering whatever the case might be Uh, we understand that it goes out in front of us and if I may if you were to take a look at somebody's resume you would begin they would list their experience where they've been and what they've done and if I tonight can tell you is that your conversation it is building blocks of your reputation and uh, because what it does is your your conversation is a real reflection of what your character is. And uh, tonight, can I say that we find in the Word of God that there is a challenge to us as to what the content of our conversation is, the character of our conversation, and that there are consequences in regard to our conversation. As a matter of fact, one of the ways that the gospel was communicated in the early church we know was by the preaching, the spoken word, and also by the written word. As a matter of fact, we come to find that the apostle Paul, the writer of over half of the New Testament, he had challenged the church and said this. He said, You are living epistles. What's that mean? You're living letters. And he said, That are to be read of by all men. In other words, he said, Oftentimes the word conversation that was used was also to talk about the experience of the believer that persons walk with God because as their heart was changed, Brother Chad, their conversation would be changed, and their life that was being inspected by the world would exemplify and reflect glory to the Lord. Amen. I want you to understand tonight that it is not enough. It is not enough for us to brag and to exclaim and to preach about. I am proud of a Pentecostal experience. I do not apologize for that at all. Amen. We know and believe it is biblical. The Bible tells us to be filled With the Spirit. And not only be filled with the Spirit, but we come to find that that initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Spirit is that of speaking with other tongues. Did did it ever cross your mind because God could have used anything? He could have, just like the apostles in that upper room, that the only sign that there ever was to follow was a cloven tongue of fire. Wouldn't that be something in a service that when somebody was filled with the Spirit of God, you just saw that visible manifestation above someone's head, a cloven tongue of fire? could have been that there would have been something else but isn't it interesting that god said if you want to if i want to see the evidence that you are full of my spirit he said i want to have control you're not, you're not following where I'm going with this. He said, I want to have control. I want it to be evidenced that the spirit has control of the very thing that James said no man can tame. No man can have control over it. And God said, Oh, they oh, that they would that they would speak with new tongues. And that we see in the Bible that that as we as we have the evidence of the infilling of the Spirit, it comes by a change in our conversation. Oh, oh, you see, you thought we just spoke in tongues so we could look flashy and sound fancy. You just thought that we did that. We spoke in heavenly languages Oh, because it was just a way of communicating with the Father. Oh, but listen, the Word of God said, the Spirit, Paul said in Romans 8, when we don't know what to pray... Brother Roderick, when I can't formulate the words, the Bible said the Spirit in my moaning, in my crying, when I pray, Brother Gary and the Spirit Man, it said the Spirit that searches the heart communicates with the throne room and prays the will of God on our behalf. I want to say tonight, first and foremost, when we talk about conversation, this is not pastor getting on a soapbox and smacking our hands and reprimanding and say, "Clean it up and speak nice to one another." I'm telling you, it is a spiritual experience, and it shows whether or not the Spirit of God has rule and reign in our lives, and it is revealed in our conversation. Hallelujah. It's interesting. It's interesting. That unruly thing. God said the evidence that my spirit dwells. He said I'm going to speak through that unruly thing. I'm going to manifest my glory through that unruly member of the body. Amen. Because what happens here is, is our conversation Again, this is representation, it's reflection of what is going on on the inside of our hearts. Jesus had told us that and he had reminded us of the fact that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, therefore, when we talk about the content, when we talk about what we say, I want you to understand that it has much to say about the condition of our heart. The Bible says in Proverbs 21 and 23 Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from trouble, from trouble. Now, don't raise your hand, but I just wonder tonight has anybody been in trouble from something that you said? Amen. Well, truth is, nobody'd feel singled out because I promise I don't care how meek, how quiet you are. A hundred percent of us have said something we shouldn't have said. There's been some things, like I said earlier, that we have regretted. Have you noticed the day and age in which we live? There is a newfound boldness upon conversation. There is a newfound boldness upon conversation. Did you know tonight that the devil loves to talk? He's talking all the time. How do you know? Brother Jake Because the Bible says He is the father of all lies And if he's the father of all lies And all that he does is lie That lets me know Brother Danny That he is always speaking something Speaking something into the atmosphere Amen Of this world Influencing the opinions The agenda The immorality Of this world Voices all around us Come on Don't sit there tonight like a wooden Indian you know what I'm talking about because there are some of you that even today the conversation of the enemy has been ringing in your ear he's been spewing lies Sister Linda the Bible says this not only is he a liar but he is an accuser he's an accuser of the brethren all the time acting as judge jury and executioner against our souls One preacher said and you've heard me quote it before He is lying to God about you And he is lying to you about God I'm here to tell you tonight Hell's mouth is open And every lie and demonic spirit That could permeate the atmosphere Is all around us Oh but friend I want to remind you Child of God Is there are some things that God has said and declared for his church for his children over our lives oh can I say tonight when Christ said I am he that gives life and life more abundantly I want you to know it results to the fact that Christ is the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was was God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. Oh, there's a lot that's being said. There's a lot of opinions that are going on. And we must be those who are representing the fact that number one, We have grabbed a hold of that content of life that comes from Christ. The Word of God says this. It says, bitter and sweet water cannot flow from the same fountain. When we talk about content, it is not enough for us to sing our songs, quote our scripture, speak in tongues, but then on a a daily basis or for the large part of our communication that our content is questionable. That our content is not glorifying to God. That our content is self-seeking, self-promoting, or it's self degrading or it is tearing down of the brothers and the sisters of the church, or it's used as a weapon to where the only thing you're concerned about is proving your point and how you're right and everybody else is wrong how you're always going to slight somebody because they don't meet your standard they're not living the way you think they're lost hopeless and going to hell oh can I tell you the devil's got that to say about me I don't need a brother and sister saying that to me may we be people that because there's been a change in our life that Christ has brought let it show forth in our conversation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church has found itself in a place, because our conversation has been lacking, we have been trying so hard to prove our character to everybody. And it it just don't work. You'll never outrun your conversation. You'll, You'll never escape that. You'll never outlive it. What you have to understand when we talk about content and we talk about the things that are being discussed, here's why content is important. Because thoughts, your thoughts will turn into and they will exemplify your feelings. Your thoughts turn into decisions and character and all of these things and they go out from you in your conversation. Did you know tonight that the world you live in is being framed by the words you speak? Uh oh, Brother Jacob's out there with them preachers. You just say this and say that. No, I'm not talking about living in fairy tale. I'm not talking about things that you just, you know... I've heard people say, well, you know, just manifest this and say this and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. All this kind of stuff. But what I am saying is that we've got to be careful of the content of our conversation. I want you to understand that our content is often... It derives from our perspective on the matter. And a lot of times... I just If I can just break it to you as gently as I can, a lot of times we are speaking from a skewed perspective. Somebody had once said, there's three sides to the story, your side, their side, and the truth. Amen. And when we look at this, the skewed perspective is due to our feelings, our emotions. Those feelings and emotions might be anger, it might be hurt, it might be revenge, injustice, etc. While all of these are real feelings, they are often voiced from a place of one-sided rationale. One-sided rationale. People are not so much concerned about truth anymore as much as they are only concerned about their perception of the truth. As a matter of fact, let me say this. Be very careful of what you perceive because your perceptions often become the truth that you either accept and or reject. Very are concerned with facts as they are with desiring a certain effect on the hearer. Amen. Oftentimes in the content of our conversation, it is derived from the fact that we want to manipulate somebody to agree with our side of the story. It is to where they see things from our point of view. To where they line up and they're on... team, My side. This is my crew. This is my group. Oh, listen. That whole uh, tactic of dividing and conquering, that is the handiwork of the devil. Be careful. Do not get yourself wrapped up in the commentary of trying to manipulate somebody to your side. I want to tell you right now, the Word of God said everything that is said in secret it will be shouted from the rooftop we will give an account for the words that we have said and we have to understand the content of our conversation is critical it is critical I will tell you this right now the attitude of your home currently the attitude of your children the vibe The feeling in your marriage, your feelings about the church, your feelings about your pastor, your feelings about the Lord, these all stem from conversations that are being had. There are some that right now you've got relationships that are strained. You got some things that are going on. There are some of you in here, and you'd say, Brother Jacob, how do you know this? Well, let me just say this it's the human condition. All right? It's the human condition. And so I can say this with pretty much 100% accuracy. It doesn't mean that I had to have a prophetic word of wisdom to tell somebody this. But I think that with the Holy Ghost leading this way, it's safe to say there are some folks that you have ought against. And there has been a breakdown in communication. And if you look carefully, your content has become critical your content has become one-sided you're looking through a glass and Paul said it like this we have no choice but to look through a glass darkly we're on this side of heaven we don't understand it all right now There are things that right now, you don't have the full picture in your life. It hasn't all come to fruition. So be careful making a decision about what you're going to say about it, uh, and your mind made up about it, uh, and your stance on it, because you don't want to come out looking foolish and having to go back and say your sorries. Thank you, Brother Roderick. Amen. Preach on, Brother Jacob. Okay, I will. The truth is, is that sometimes things must be said. However, we need to understand that if our intent is to damage, destroy, humiliate, deface, demean, or ridicule, then your intentions are ungodly. That's just how it is. That's how it is. If that is, if I can now shift gears, you notice what I just did there. If that is the character of our conversation. You see, here is the situation is that I know what we present on surface level. But God is always dealing with what's inside of us. He's always dealing with the heart of a man. He's always after the heart of a man. There were some very hard things that Christ said to people. He had no problem calling the hypocrites for what they were. He called them a generation of vipers. He he had called he called them thieves and he called I mean he I I mean he just laid it out he just he had no problem saying what it was he spoke the truth and some would say well I've got a right to be a little cantankerous and say a few things because Jesus said such and such but here's what I want to say yes the truth has to be spoken sometimes or not sometimes all the time but the heart with which you speak it. The heart with what you speak, it means everything. It means everything. Let me throw this in here. If you're unwilling to speak the truth, there's a problem with the content. If you're willing to watch people you love throw themselves off into an eternity without God, And nothing is ever said. Nothing is ever done. And it's just, well, you know, I don't want to... Hey, I understand. I know what it feels like to be around family or friends and have awkward moments because you got someone who's living for the Lord and someone who's not living for God. There's going to be a sense of conviction there anyway. And I'm not at all advocating that you're the one that when you walk into family reunion or Sunday dinner, that they are just absolutely, that they have every right to dislike you because all you do is use the Bible like a sledgehammer over their head. Come on here. There is a way to present truth. There is a right way. There needs to be the right character by which we deliver the content. But if we never speak truth, if we never speak truth, we are just as guilty if our stance is well. I'm. I am. I'm. A, I'm Switzerland. I'm just always neutral. I, I. I just don't want. I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. Here, let me just say this. Christ had declared this. He said, "I did not come to send peace." He said, "I came to put a sword." I'm sending a sword. He said, "I'm going to divide." He said, "Because of me, families will be divided. Because of me, sons and daughters and and mothers and sons." and father-in-laws and daughter in law there's not always going to get along because the truth brother Chris has a way of putting a wedge between those who believe it and those who do not accept it but at the end of the day may God help us that our content is truth but Lord help me to deliver truth with the same heart and character of Christ and let me exercise one wisdom in the process understand wisdom in the process if I can let me just give you this scenario there may be times just naturally because of conviction because of being uncomfortable that there's going to be distance between you and some other people but here's what happens when somebody knows your heart when somebody knows the motive from which your mouth is speaking do you know that when they are ready to talk, guess who they're going to come looking for? Guess who they're going to call? Guess who they're going to... That, that's why some of you, that's why there's some that right now, you walk in the room, Sister Cindy, some of them squirm, don't want to be around you. But when it's time to pray and get a hold of God, that's why they're calling you first. You know why? Because they know your heart. Because they understand that... You know, I, 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 have, I have a, a, a gentleman... That we've known for years and he, he, has, not, he, he has not served the Lord and, uh, and he has, he has uh, had very good conversations. He has listened to truth and he knows the truth, all of those types of things. And here's, here's one of the things that he had said said you know he said I know my life doesn't look like yours and he said and I know that I don't do all the things I'm supposed to do or any of those things he said but here's what I do know he said if there's a day that I want to live the way that you live he said, then I want to do it the way that you do it. Amen. Can I say that there's no greater compliment. Oh, and the fact that if somebody can look, Brother Coleman, at our heart. You see, there is a problem. Let me just venture out here. I'm already out on a limb. It's real quiet tonight. I might as well just preach, teach a little bit. Is that all right? Can I just say we're in a dangerous time as to where we've got one group of preachers all All they do is want to come down off the pulpit and boast about how many ears they cut off in the middle of a sermon. What do you mean by that, Brother Jacob? I've heard preachers come down, wipe their brow, and say, Buddy, I nailed their hide to the wall tonight. I mean, I gave them a what for. We validate spirituality based upon how harsh we can sound in a pulpit. We think the truth is, well, let them get offended let them get their feelings hurt let them this and let them that and we use the Bible as a guise to say I've got a right to bully you from the pulpit that's unbiblical that is not the heart of God that is not what is right that is not what draws somebody by the spirit of God to an altar of repentance and in the same token we got another group of preachers they don't want to preach any content no truth they want fluff. They want to stuff the pews. They want big offerings. And they will let you and be satisfied with you going to hell because they don't want to offend anybody. Can I say at the end of the day, may God help my spirit as the vessel? But we've got to preach the truth. We've got to declare that with the right character, so that the gospel gets a heart, a hold of the heart of men and women. because that's what changes. And that is what works. Oh listen, we cannot, we cannot go and boast about how many. be proud of how many people. Well, yeah, I went in there and I told him the truth. I told him this. I gave him a what for. Well, I hope you're proud of yourself. Amen. I hope you're proud of yourself because the truth of the matter is this. The Bible says, a brother that is offended is harder to win than a walled city. Come on here. Solomon said, you can overtake a walled city better than you can win back that one who's been offended by such behavior, by by such words. There's consequence involved with our conversations. The Bible says this, did you know, as we have read from, from our scripture text, it says, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that shall eat it, let me just say this, one way or another, you're going to eat your words. One way or another, you're going to eat your words. One way or another, your words are going to come back to visit you. Have you, ever, have you ever been guilty of saying something that's so profound such as this? I will never. Here's a better one. My kids will never. Now, see, many of you now, just now, you really identified, Right? Because I'll tell you something, ain't nobody make you a liar faster than your children. Come on here. And be careful about the I-nevers and be careful. But what what I'm getting at is is there's consequence. Whether life or death, you're going to eat the fruit of it. You're going to partake of it. Some have the idea, they throw the words out there and they walk away and there's nothing left. No sir, no ma'am. No, no, no. No. That is the most powerful and potent seed that there is. It is. It goes out there. And the Word of God says it is either going to produce life or it's going to produce death and as a result when we talk about the consequence we come to find as to where when we look at when we look at god's word and we see that when we when when our conversations are going forth and what what it does for our testimony and let me say this what it does in reflection of who god is you are very well the only jesus that somebody else is going to see or hear you carry a high responsibility. A high responsibility. Well, Brother Jake, no, our job is we just go out, get him coming to the church, and we'll just let you take care of this. No, 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 no. That is not how it is. Listen, when we look at this, I want you to understand is that we have to, when we, when we look at, I want, you, I want you to notice a couple of things here. The Word of God says... And exercising godly wisdom in our words. It's Colossians 4 and 6. It says this Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye might know how you ought to answer every man. Let your speech be always with grace. Seasoned with salt. Do you know why salt is used there in that context? Because salt, it complements, it enhances the food experience. And so, therefore, in our conversations, a mouth that is filled with grace, seasoned with salt, it is going to complement, enhance the experience that leads somebody to Christ. Well, brother Jacob, I, I, don't, I don't know if I get what you're saying. Well, listen, what we have to understand, I want to, I want to just tell you a little story. Brother Brandon Heridge. you might remember he was here and he, he preached the message on land for sale in the middle of a war zone. It's a tremendous message about the lost. And Brother Brandon Heridge, he now, he runs his own uh, pool company and does very well down in the Corpus Christi area but before then he was working the pipeline. And when he got started, here he was, young man, fresh out of school, and he was out there working the pipelines and and just be honest, you know, you kind of around a rough crew out there on that pipeline. Well, it didn't take them long, Brother Chad, to recognize that Brother Brandon was a little bit different. He didn't go out drinking with the guys when they when the work day was over with and And when they was telling their dirty jokes and carrying on about women, he wasn't involved in those conversations. And and somebody noticed. They said, Brandon said, we notice you don't even use any cuss words. He said, no, I don't. And one fellow walked up. He said, tell you what, and he put some money down. He said, one cuss word. And he said, you choose it. He said, it ain't, and this is funny, this gives you the world's perception. He said, it ain't even got to be one of the bad ones. He said, it can be a mild one. Well, then another guy walked up and he said, I'll, I'll, I'll be in on that. And he put money down. Several men walked over by the Pickens, And before they were done, there was $1,000 sitting in front of Brother Brandon. And they said, come on, one." Word. One word. And you know what one of them said? Said, oh, we're the only ones that ever know. He took that pile of money. He pushed it back. He said, I'm sorry. He said, but I'm not going to cuss. He went back to work. The next day, he's in the track hoe. He's in that, that cab and he's in that track hoe working. And there's a knock on that. Track code door. Pum, 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 pum. He said, I looked down and he said, there's my, my, my boss, the big boss. He said, there he is. And he thought, oh, no. He said, they've done, somebody's done, said something. Somebody's done, did something. He said, I opened the door and he said, that boss man stood there and he had tears in his eyes. And he said, Brandon, he said, I heard about what took place. And he said, those men told me that for $1,000 you wouldn't even say one cuss word. He said, son, I don't know or understand all you have. He said, but I want what you got. Come on here. Why? Because he was willing to keep the content and the character of his conversation right. And it resulted in consequence. Brother Eli, from that point on, guess who the favored employee was on the job site? Brother Brandon. Guess who got promotions first? Brother Brandon. Come on here. Guess who wound up leading his boss to the Lord? Brother Brandon. And it started because he wanted to keep his... Well, I, I, I just don't know if it's that big of a deal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We cannot compromise. Brother Segura, it is essential. It's imperative. It is important. So I want to ask you, I want to ask you tonight about your behavior. I want to ask you tonight about your conversations. Can I ask you, in your conversations, what is it doing to your spirit man? What's going on? What is the result that you see in your household What's the result you see in your children? What is the result of what you tend to believe? I want to close with this. Brother Danny, if you'd come. We had a sister in our first church in South Roxanna. Her name was Sister Margie Baker. You've pro- I've shared a few stories about Sister Margie. And Sister Margie, she was about four foot nothing. Just a little, little bitty gal. She's in heaven now. Little bitty gal, blonde hair, always put up on her head, and always just dressed to a T. Beautiful lady, and an even more beautiful spirit, a praying woman. One of those women in the church that, I mean, you just knew, if I was having the worst day of my life, I took consolation. Sister Margie was praying for me. There was times, there was a couple times, especially as brand new pastor, I'd, I'd call Sister Margie, I'd say, Sister Margie, can I just come over and have a, glass of tea and we just talk it wasn't me going telling her church problems it was just me saying I need some prayer I just need somebody to pray with me and sister Amy I knew I could trust her I could trust her and she prayed for me but I remember one day there was we were in the we were in the process of going through adoption and uh, we were in the stages of getting all, everything solidified with the state. At this point in time, Ashland hadn't even come, come along. But we were, we were just going through the processes and, and we were just, we were feeling down. It, it, it was a long process and, and, you know, we were just feeling the effects of, of uh, you know, desiring something so much and it just seemed like there was no traction anywhere. And I remember we were sitting there talking with Sister Margie, and she was praying for us. And and, and, uh, I said, this is my fear. And she said, oh, no, Pastor, don't say that. Don't say that. And I said, okay, yes, ma'am. And she said, and, and Sister Margie, she had Bible for everything. And she said, you know, that's what Job said. Job declared, that which I have feared has come upon me. And she said, Brother Jake, she said, I'm not trying to be hocus-pocus. She said, but be careful about your conversation, especially in the middle of this situation that you're warring through. And so I want to ask you tonight, what are you warring through? What are you praying through and trying to pray through? But every time you get done praying... All your conversation stems about what God's not doing and how He's not working and what's not going. Conversation. Conversation. When we build relationships with other people and let me say this, our conversation with the Father, it means a lot. It means a lot. Be honest with Him, yes. Share your heart with Him, yes. Let every emotion flow and He knows and He understands. But I'm going to tell you, when I look at His Word and I look at His promise, Sister Kimberly, I have to be careful to watch my conversation. You know why? Because, Brother Tibbetts, His Word makes a requirement of me to do so. It makes a requirement of me to do so. Somebody said... Years ago, they said, don't pray out loud. Said, you don't want the devil to hear what you're praying. He'll mess up your prayers. Well, I've got a problem with that theology. Okay? The devil is not all-knowing. The devil is not in all places at one time. And the devil is not all-powerful. Those are attributes that only belong to God. And I've thought on that through the years and Brother Roderick. This is what I have, what my deduction is in regards to that. People don't need to be afraid about praying out loud because they're afraid of the devil sabotaging their prayers. I'll tell you who can sabotage your prayer life more than the devil. Get that mirror out. O J A C O B, he can he he can sabotage his prayers better than anybody. So can you. Be careful. That's why when we talk about content, when I was talking about the word, and the word is life, life and death, and they that eat the fruit of it. That's why we need to be in the word, converse with the Father. I hope what I've said tonight makes some sense. I hope tonight something of what I've said is set in somebody's heart. I pray right now the Holy Ghost would challenge somebody. Challenge somebody. And help us. Help us to understand the power, the power of our words. With every head bowed. Father, I thank you tonight for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word Your word is forever settled in heaven. Your word, heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will not pass away. Father, tonight I pray you'd help us to prayerfully consider the content, the character, the consequences of our conversation. Father, the relationships that we are working on, the trust that we are building, those we are trying to lead to Christ... Lord, those in our own family, the example. Lord, uh, is Christ being edified in our conversation? What's our conversation amongst the brethren? What is our conversation about the brethren? Lord, would you challenge us tonight? Lord, what are we doing in result of our prayer life? How do we discuss or talk about? What is, what is the conversation in our minds? Lord, on some of the things that it looks like you are delaying. Some of the things that are denied. Some things you said no to and other things you said yes to. What is our conversation? Lord, I pray tonight you would challenge us and deal with our heart. I know that you are always after the heart of men and women. Father, I pray that you would break us down. and Lord, in breaking us down, I know you build us up again. And Father, in doing so, help us. Help us to recognize and realize that you want to be Lord of our conversation. Lord, that to exercise godly wisdom is going to be exhibited by what we are saying. Father, I pray you challenge our hearts tonight. I don't know the battles. I don't know the ought. I don't know the situation going on in every home. But Lord, I believe tonight that conversation, our conversation is affecting things one way or another. And Lord, I pray, challenge us and convict us. And tonight, church, if you would just say, I need the Lord to examine my conversation. Maybe tonight it is the perspective by which you are having conversations. What you're viewing as truth. What side of things you're looking at it on. Maybe tonight the enemy has sold you a bill of goods. And has you believing one thing. Remember, he's a liar. He's an accuser. He's a destroyer. And he'll do so with conversation. Lord, help me to hear your voice. The Word of God says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And Lord, give us that ear to hear and let us have conversation with you. If that's our hearts tonight. Why don't we come find ourselves a place in these altars? Why don't tonight, would you allow the Lord to search your heart? Maybe tonight, we stand guilty of the fact that our conversations have lately been maybe just trying to prove a point, maybe just trying to be right. We haven't been concerned about who we hurt in the process. Maybe our conversations have been things that pull down and destroy. And if it's not a brother or sister, maybe it's conversation that goes on in the reel of your own mind, and God says, Enough is enough. There's enough of that discussion. There's enough of that talk. There's enough of that lie. And it's time to hear the Word of God. Oh, maybe tonight there are those in our lives oh, whereas we share the truth, we must do so with the right motive, the right character, the right heart. Maybe tonight we've shied away from the truth. Maybe tonight we have left some things unsaid, some things undone. Oh, because we've been afraid of such conversation. Oh, Master, would you challenge our hearts tonight? Lord, I want to walk in wisdom. I want to be a man of wisdom, godly wisdom. And I want my words to reflect. I want my conversation. I want the character of my conversation. To reflect, Lord, to reflect you, to reflect your truth. Father, challenge us to.